Abraham, Sarah, Jesus' disciples, Paul, and the churches in Rome, what do they all have in common? Let me tell you, the impossibility possibility. Say that to yourself a few times. It's kind of a weird saying, but I liked it. Impossibility possibility and how it changes everything. So Abraham and Sarah, let's start there. Abraham and Sarah, they heard from God and they had faith in what God said. That's how the story begins. Faith led them to follow God. They left their land. Have you ever left home? Anyone here ever left their homeland? Is that easy? No, everything you know is in your homeland, the people you know, those who will take care of you. But Abraham was called to go somewhere he'd never been and take all of his family with him. And Sarah and Abraham answered that call. They had faith and they left. It takes a lot of faith. We sometimes take that for granted. So we find them in the story today, hundreds of miles later, decades maybe later, and they still haven't received the promise which God gave them, which was they would have descendants. How do you have descendants? Well, you have a child. They don't have a child. You ever been frustrated that things aren't happening at the speed you wish they were? You may wonder. They may have said to each other sometimes, Abraham and Sarah, if you wouldn't have dragged us all this way, you know, we've come all this way and it hasn't happened and it has to be frustrating. But what we find in the story is that three men appear before Abraham. He doesn't know that it's God and angels. He sees three men and he goes and he acts with great hospitality and Sarah follows right along with him. They prepare food for them. They set them down. They wash their feet. They do these wonderful, generous acts to strangers, Abraham and Sarah, who have a history, who've come, they're in a different place. They've been following after and wondering, is this ever going to happen? I mean, we got to believe we keep going. And, and yet still, even in that frustration, which I would feel, maybe I'm just reading into them, but I would be frustrated a little bit. Uh, they're hospitable. He sees the three men, even with no results, even when he had other plans at home, he sees the men and he, he has a feeling of hospitality toward them. How easy it would have been for his disappointment, for his aggravation to just impact how he lived, maybe be a bitter person, maybe be someone who just focused in on himself. How understandable it would have been for him to just say, how's it going, guys? And they walk on and Abraham doesn't do anything else, right? How tempting it would be for him to just look the other way, pretend he didn't see those three men in need. But Abraham and Sarah live differently. They believe in the impossibility, possibility. They believe in what might happen that they have no proof. They have faith. Faith enough to leave home. Faith enough to continue to follow. Now we know they aren't perfect, okay? We lift them up and sometimes we think, how am I supposed to live this faith with someone like Abraham and Sarah? They were far from perfect. They did lots of things wrong. They tried to force God's hand. They laughed while Abraham's laughed when it was suggested that he would have a child. And we hear Sarah in this story laugh. You ever laughed at something you just thought that's ridiculous? You know what Isaac means, their son's name, who they eventually have? Laughter. Yeah, God doesn't want them to forget. You laughed. Remember that. But I'm the God of the impossibility possibility. But despite all that, we see their character on display for these three men. The hospitality, it's, it's amazing. And what's in question in the passage is their certainty about how the world works. You're going to have a child. And Sarah's thinking, okay, I'm old. 
There's things that got to happen that aren't happening. This is ridiculous. Her certainty about how things work are going to stand in her way of seeing the impossibility possibility. Are we any different? Your certainty ever get in the way? The response is, it depends on how you translate it, it says, is anything too wonderful for God? Is anything too impossible? Is anything too hard? Is anything too difficult for God? Is the question offered. What's your answer to that question? We like to say with God, all things are possible, but is anything too difficult? And before you answer what, you know, we're in church and you're supposed to say, how do you live your life? Do you live your life as if you believe that nothing is impossible? Do you believe in the impossibility possibility? For them, for Abraham and Sarah, their belief changes the way that they live, and we see that. So let's switch gears. Let's go to uh, the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus is talking to the disciples. The Gospel of Matthew is kind of divided up into sections, and so the point of the Gospel is to show you, to prove to you, to convince you, to communicate to you that Jesus is the Messiah, okay? It's, it's got a purpose. It's got an agenda. It's propaganda. It's got rhetoric because it wants to communicate to you. So it's told in a particular way. So we have chapters 5 through 7, which shows that Jesus is the Messiah through word, the Sermon on the Mount. And then the next two chapters show that Jesus is the Messiah through deed. So we have walking on water, calming of storms. We have miracles, the casting out of demons. And then we enter into this section, which Jesus takes this power and this word and says, you go, disciples, you disciples, in this room in 2017, you go because my power goes to you. And Matthew wants us to see that we are invited into this mission to heal Sickness and disease, do you believe in the impossible? Is anything too difficult for the power of God which resides in you? Does your life reflect your answer to that question? He says, take nothing but what you need. This is anti-American all over the place, isn't it? Right? We like to build houses, fill it with stuff, and then build a bigger house so that we can have room for more stuff. I actually saw a commercial the other day about what, you know, the bedroom suite so that you have room for more stuff. And then the end is the girl sitting there going, now I have, now I can go get more stuff, right? The American dream. Jesus says, take nothing. Nothing. No bag, no extra tunic, no extra sandals, no staff, no money. Just go and proclaim. Carry with you the impossibility possibility and have faith. And he says, if people receive you, if they're hospitable to you, if they stop what they're doing and they welcome you, then go and, and be a blessing, a peace for them. Now, notice he says, the first people that welcome you, stay with them. What that's doing is it's keeping the disciples from, you know, someone comes and says, come stay at my house. And they look, walk up to the house and they're like, oh man, that's your house. And then another person comes, well, you can stay at my house. It's way bigger, more stuff. We're going to go over here, right? Jesus says, the first person, you stay with them, you offer the blessing you don't rely on the amenities. And if they don't receive you, take your peace with you and go. The people that won't receive you are those that also struggle with certainty. The religious folks who always allow their certainty to get in the way of hearing Jesus' message. This is the way God works. This is who is in. This is who is out. And Jesus breaks all those rules. 
They say, oh, Samaritan, surely not. So he tells a story about a Samaritan. Well, surely not the tax collectors. Oh, we got a tax collector in the apostles' crowd. Jesus seems to make a, a sport of proving the impossibility possibility, which we know we're welcome, right? But if they won't welcome you, you have one of two options. You ever been not welcomed somewhere? You can either carry that bitterness, that negativity, that pain with you to the next place and allow that to impact how you see and respond, or you can shake the dust off and walk away as if it didn't happen and go into the next place with every bit of expectation for that to go well. Easier said than done. Is it impossible? Do you live like it's impossible? Are you still thinking about those people in that place at that time and what they did, or have you let it go? You can only live this way if you have faith. You have to know Jesus as the Messiah by word and deed, and then maybe you've grasped the impossibility, possibility. Belief in this means there's no room for worry, no room for bitterness, no room for hanging on to, to those things that drag you down. It's, it's hanging on to the truth that God is with you and God is for you. And when you truly believe, your life reflects this kind of living. And for Paul, uh, we not only see the world differently through the lens of the grace of Jesus, we boast in the hope of God. He says, we boast, it's one reading of the Romans, we boast in our problems. When's the last time you boasted in your problem? You may have shared it on Facebook, right? You may have thrown it out there, people know all about it, but when's the last time you boasted in it? Guess what happened to me? We boast. We are to be a living example of the proof of the hope of God, which means people can look at you, listen to you. They can come to know you and they witness the proof of your faith and the way that you live. They witness the fact that you hold on to the impossibility, possibility that through God anything can happen. And Paul goes even further than to say we boast. So maybe we've traveled a long way from home like Abraham and Sarah waited decades for a blessing. When we've only been hospitable to others, maybe you've not always been well received. We take pride in this, is what Paul is saying. Take pride in your problems. Why? Is that your response? That's mine. Why? Why would I take pride in my problems? And better yet, how would I go about taking pride in my problems? Well, he says, because we know that trouble, problems, it produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces, wait for it, more hope. So we boast on our hope, which helps us look at our problems with pride, because we know that the problems that lead to endurance leads to character and then back to hope again. It's like a cycle. The hope begins and ends the process, the hope that we have because of the faith in the God of the impossible. So when Abraham and Sarah are decades and miles removed from where they began, with no fulfillment, they still live a life that reflects hope. They still reach out with hospitality and, and lavish hospitality to these three strangers. Abraham, later, after this scene, he'll actually plead with God for mercy on Sodom and Gomorrah, which is the epitome of inhospitality. Only with the hope of God can Abraham hold out hope for the inhospitable 
to barter with God, to plead with God, not to destroy the whole city. There's got to be somebody good in there. He happens to know there's someone good in there, but he, uh, he knows that God, everything's possible. God's made a, a judgment. The city's going to be destroyed, and Abraham kind of barters with him and pleads with him because with Abraham, he knows God is about the impossibility, possibility. When the disciples, they go into a town, they get dragged before the synagogue and beaten, proclaimed by their own family to be crazy, handed over by their fathers. They can shake the dust of that experience and go on and do it again. That's amazing. Far too often, I I know people that have carried the good news, but through bad encounters with the church and the religious certainties, walk away. They can't continue on. And it breaks my heart, but I think they need to hear that there's a hope in the problems. See, the disciples can take pride because how much greater will the experience be when they go from that town to a town that receives the good news, right? Even a dozen towns, they hold out hope. They know that the people are going to receive. And if you have people in your life that maybe you live a certain way and you talk a certain way or maybe you're afraid to talk about your faith because you don't want to be rejected, but you do, you should talk, share, live, be a person that believes in the impossibility, possibility, because you never know what kind of seed you'll plant. And if you get rejected, and go on. And how much better will it be when you find somebody? And how much better is it when someone found you? Even when we live as reflections of the love of God, even when we display radical hospitality, and even when we, when we do the things that bring the good news of God to light, people are going to reject us. That is a fact. That is a truth. That is the world we live in. People don't like good news, but you know what? It will be okay, and it will be better than okay, because you will become stronger through your difficulties, because with God, there is always the impossibility, possibility, and our proof, here's the proof, is Jesus. The last line today, I mean, think about humanity. Think about, I'll think about me, okay? I have a knack for messing stuff up. I have a knack for getting off track. I have a knack for getting tied up in the wrong things and going along and then thinking, man, I just wasted a lot of time and energy on that, on me. Anybody else? A few? All right. I'm glad I'm not alone. The ultimate act of hospitality for me is to know that Jesus died before I was born before I knew of Jesus, before I'd ever prayed, before I'd ever been baptized on anything, Jesus died. Jesus came as God in flesh to die for us while we were sinners. Talk about the ultimate act of hospitality, not just a death, a horrible death. Why? Why did God do this? Because we serve a God of the impossibility possibility, who has faith in us when we don't have faith in ourselves. And Jesus is the living and breathing billboard for the love of God. And we are called to be the living and breathing billboards for the love of God 
for others and the way that we're hospitable and the ways that we can shake off the negativity and go on and seek others out and opportunities to live love. God transforms our lives when we accept the impossibility possibility. Where we may think we are experiencing trouble, we can know that we are experiencing growth of endurance. That sounds like putting the silver lining on it, doesn't it? But we know that that's true, and the endurance develops our character, gives us hope. So through God, all our troubles become hope. Is that impossible? Yes, and that's the point. God works the impossibility possibility. God is the God, and of that we can be certain. God transforms us when we accept this, like Abraham and Sarah, like Jesus uh, taught the disciples, like Paul writes to the church. We get the mission to go, to go and proclaim the good news of the impossibility possibility to all. Very rarely is that going to involve you speaking. Proclaiming the word very rarely involves speaking. It will sometimes, but we see it in great acts of hospitality, and I invite you to be hospitable to the stranger in the most amazing way that leaves that person going, that person's crazy, but I like it. It's the right kind of crazy. I'd like to know more. Why would you do this? Then the speaking can come and be a part of what you do. Be a living and breathing billboard for the God of love. And as you offer the grace and peace of God to others, may you be blessed by the grace and peace of the fullness of life with God here and now and forevermore. Amen.